So to review how we apply ourselves during this uh, time, we establish certain uh, principles uh, of our action. In this occasion, we're dealing with very fundamental um, you know, situations, sitting, standing, walking, Resting, getting up, dealing with pain, pleasure, cold, heat, hunger, thirst. Just just how we handle this normal situation of being alive. Sharing space with other people. Feeling happy to see people, feeling nervous to see people, uh, and so on. These kind of normal human qualities human experiences, that if we you know, open all this up to under the light of Dhamma, then we can establish certain core principles or core references that help to guide us in our ongoing life, because the same things occur in your ongoing life. Of course, it's a different speed, but, uh, you know, You want to be able to take those times when you stop, pause, go back to basics. Where am I doing? Where am I going? You know, everything I do is going to have an effect on me. Everything I incline my mind towards is going to have an effect on me. Everything I give attention to is going to have an effect on me. Really, what do I want to do? Where do I want to place my attention? Uh, Where do I want to commit my actions? and just have that ongoing uh, reference and question itself is skillful. We shouldn't live blindly. We shouldn't live on automatic. We should be prepared to constantly have this questioning. What am I giving my attention to? What I'm giving my time to? It's limited. You know, the candle is burning down. Uh, And uh, whatever you do, wherever you even place your mind, there will be an effect of that. And in this time we're saying, is this true? You know, check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're kind of taking away a lot of the things we need to do or attend to, just to get down to basics. See, how do you give attention? What, do you, what does your mind swing its attention towards? What does it get stirred by? What does it get where does it suffer? Where does it see ways through? Where does it feel gladdened? Where does it feel frustrated? Care for it. This is your home. This is your. Um, this is what you will live with and what you will die with. And you have a chance to brighten, purify it. So what do we, how do we apply ourselves? So simple refrain we have of the. Uh, Buddha's teaching is, you know, um, <clears throat> to refrain from all evil and to uplift and uphold that which is good. Karanam Kusala Supasampada is the Pali phrase. So all unskillfulness, uh, we withdraw from that. We refrain from it. We acknowledge it's there, 
potentially human beings have potential for brutality and greed and selfishness and obsessiveness we may see those tendencies arise we just withdraw our intention from that you can pull it back you can pause you can say, oops, pause withdraw, relax, let go of that one you know, and, and then upasakusala supasampada to uplift or to uh, that which is kusala skillful, bright upasampada it's the word they use for the monk or for the ordination. <laughs> you know, when a person becomes a, a monk, or you know, then they, they, they have upasampada. So now you have a chance to have take upasampada. <laughs> and this is the most important one. <laughs> the rest of it is just yeah, it's helpful. But this is the most important one, which we all have the opportunity to do, is to enter into and uplift and be accepted into the kusala uh, beautiful sicitta pariyodapanam purify, clean soothe the mind the citta which is so heated and tangled can you clean it can you bathe it can you straighten it can you take the creases and tangles out of it it's a steady careful process and say this is this is the Buddha's message it's simple it's a good thing to remember every day just this and then you have it's it's like that isn't it and in meditation we're trying to really get down to the the essence of this and the confidence in this and the strength that comes from this so it's not just a a good idea or something we revere or something we admire but something we really feel and do and experience direct experience take the concept conceivable not difficult to conceive of that it direct so you feel it it resonates you feel stirred you know where that is it's a direct experience and this is the realm of meditation where the conceivable becomes directly experienced yeah. and here we you know of course we can have terrible things we can conceive of and they'll be directly experienced you can sit there in misery and obsession <laughs> if the mind does that but of course you know this is why we gather together for our safety and welfare you know it's a jungle we're in the jungle let's you know get some light in here and so that we conceive bring our attention to buddha dhamma sangha eightfold path you know sila uh, samadhi panya all these many many lanterns that the Buddha lit for us look at that look at it as an idea any of it any of it can you directly feel it 
stay with it, give a lot of attention to it, give a lot of attention to it till it begins to light up in your heart, then that was whatever intention, whatever mental turning and mental approach you need for that, you know, to turn towards that light till you feel it. This is right intention. And you get the results. Now this is the law of Kama, and it's there right in the beginning of the Eightfold Path, right view. There is that which is good, there is that which is not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, to know Kusala from the Akusala. Yeah, we have birth, and there are those who, there is results of good deeds, <laughs> the results of making offerings, the results of self-sacrifice, being able to relinquish, give up what we want, and to offer ourselves to, as a, almost like a offering we make of our hearts to the to the triple gem. There is a result of that. And the result is beautiful, and because if you're not if you don't offer your heart to that, what do you offer it to? Yeah, job, money, romance. Yeah, okay, but, you know, you could lift it a little higher than that. <laughs> and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean you can't have a job or a marriage or something. It means you've got to look it in the right light. Like the, the, pu the purity comes first, then the other things will follow in accordance. What fits you, or your lifestyle comes from. Purifying, cleaning the trouble from the heart, pain, the restrictions in the heart. Again, this is something you can really only uh, do through direct experience. Because this is all the chitta itself, the chitta only experiences direct experience. By which I mean that we can have ideas and thoughts, and, but what we may be experiencing directly may be inspiration. Yeah. You know, you could read an amazing Dhamma book, you have all these thoughts and ideas, but the chitta experience is perhaps inspiration. The direct experience is gladness or clarity or whatever it is. You could read and study something else that makes you feel confused. The direct experience would be that. So you always experience the impression that, that, that phenomena make upon you. The sights, sounds and phenomena make upon you. And these, these direct experiences, called dhammas, uh, are moments of directly being touched. And it's said all dhammas converge on feeling, is the expression that's used. All dhammas converge upon feeling. They're rooted in interest, they're born of attention, they touch you with contact, and they converge on feeling. Yeah, so one's interested, one, oh, attention comes in, oh, contact arises, oh, and then everything comes to feeling, right? You feel it, whether it's good or bad. Hmm? Yeah. 
and then you feel it and then what happens? And it says, well, this is where uh, the mind becomes established or one-pointed. It attains a kind of co- collectedness on that experience. And this is not necessarily good news. <laughs> People can get very concentrated on obsessive demands, or very concentrated on power, very concentrated on pleasure. You know, the mind, ooh. You know, this is not sama samadhi. It's the mind unifies momentarily with raga, with passion, with dosa, and of course with skillful qualities. It's a sense in which the mind is momentarily becomes that which it's focused on. It takes in the quality. Yeah? This is the samadhi principle. It takes in the quality of what it's, what it's feeling. And as we know in our own lives and see in the world around us, people feel something that excites them, they become totally fascinated by it. You know, and you're in it. It absorbs you. And uh, by and large, that's the, you know, in in the world in general, that's why we have music. You just go, oh, wow, great, great. You see a movie, you're totally into that movie. Oh, wow, this is quite terrible. You know, all the feelings are coming into you. And the mind is glued to it. But you don't even know where you are. You're just in that, in that movie or in that, in that music. Yeah. This, is, this is a kind of samadhi. <laughs> so you probably all get good samadhi, huh? <laughs> but it's not samar samadhi. <laughs> And so this uh, teaching goes on to say, well then, mindfulness has to gain authority over it. Wait a minute. And then when mindfulness gains authority over its wisdom, wisdom supervises. And then liberation, freedom becomes the essential matter liberation, how to open out, how to release, you know, becomes possible through wisdom, sees, there's that, there's that, oh, there's that open space, ah, oh. and then uh, merging in that deathless quality as the mind, the citta, merges with that, the open unconstructed space and terminates, ceases, relaxes into Nibbana. This is a kind of incredible sequence. Uh, Buddha just... (laughs) You can see someone who's seen the whole process, how how things operate. (laughs) So for ourselves, we really need to recollect, uh, you know, the nature of, of jitta is to get, uh, is to feel. Therefore, it must be, uh, we supervise it first of all by getting interested in skillful, not any old thing. But just wait a minute, I'm interested in that which gives rise to skillfulness. Feel steady, reliable, I can trust this. 
it's not seducing me, it's not bullying me, yeah? it's not demanding, it's saying, you know, it invites, open, it's openaiko, ehipasiko, come, invite, if you wish, there's a good place here. I'm getting interested in that. Giving attention. Now we come to formal meditation practice. We realize attention, attention is a normal part of life, isn't it? I mean, attention means the ability to form a focus. The ability to form a focus. So if we recognize, say, in the, even in the sphere of visual consciousness, you know, you're potentially aware of everything, really, you know, both sides of your head, both sides of your face. Your visual field extends quite a way, widthways, doesn't it? What's potentially seeable is uh, quite a wide span. But within that, you locate about 5% that your sharp, the eyes sharpen on. The rest of it goes blurry. Yeah? So uh, what does that? Attention, attention picks a particular area and says, that's what you're seeing. You know, I'm seeing this person sitting in front of me. It's not entirely true. What you're seeing is a field of shapes and colors. And your attention shape, you know, focuses on a particular quality within that. And says, that's a person. You sure? <laughs> you know, so attention begins to form an object. And uh, why? Well, it wants, we want something to engage with. The mind chitta wants something to engage with, something to uh, depend upon, something to engage with, something to act upon. So that's a particular motivation. Generally we're looking for something that will give rise to agreeable, agreeable feeling of some kind, mildly agreeable, or extremely agreeable, or at least not disagreeable. Yeah. So the attention, and also something that makes us feel secure. You know, we feel, oh right, I feel confident. I know what's going on. I look around, yeah, okay, I feel confident. There's the clock, there's the door, I can get out, right, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, whereas if, we, if it was all locked up, we wouldn't feel okay. So it's... I mean, it's a simple thing, isn't it? If you're in the forest, right? Remember going back to being the forest dweller, what does your attention do? You don't go in there looking at the, uh, the bark of the tree. First of all, you have this very wide sense. Your eyes scan, your ears listen, your body senses, your nose, is aw- everything is awake. Uh, and that's that's the first step and then okay things feel okay now we look around where do I need to go you start scanning so attention arises within the field 
of sense consciousness. Right? And attention is conditioned. It's not neutral. It's never neutral, it's conditioned. And what conditions it? The attitude, I want something. You know, I want something, or I want to stop something. That's just the way it functions. So there's a primary intention, or chetana. The in intention chetana comes from chitta, which is searching for something, and the quality of attention is called manasikara. It's associated with manas. Manas is the organ of the mind that scans the sense fields and notices this visual object reminds me of. You get the name. Okay. Jitta feels comfortable. Scans the sense fields and says, oh, that particular object reminds me of tiger. Jitta feels uncomfortable, fearful. Hmm? Yeah. Jitta doesn't see things, it, it receives the impression of what manas delivers. So our quality of attention, we're scanning for any of the sense fields, including, of course, the mental sense field, the intellect, thinking mind, what we can conceive of, where is in this, is the kind of impression that will be good for the chitta, yeah. kusala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. scan around the yeah. quality of I feel safe oh. I feel no hostility oh. I feel nothing to fear oh. nobody's going to harm me judge me, condemn me throw me out oh. so you know you get that and you look, of course, in your own mind at the memories, ideas, imaginations, preoccupations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's the good one. Warm-heartedness. Remember that act of warm heart, that good goodwill that was shown to me. Oh, yeah. Remember that quality of Dhamma that was just given to me. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, select because these uh, uh, there's a quality called mindfulness <laughs> which can supervise attention and mindfulness is defined in the scriptures as uh, one is mindful one is able to bear in mind the meaning of teachings given long ago right? so it says person is truly mindful, they're able to bear in mind the meaning of teachings given long ago. So it means there's a scanning, go, da, 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 this is the date, this is the time, I've got to do this, that and the other. Wait a minute, somewhere in here, that's that bit called calm down. <laughs> okay. And all it says, get into your body, you know, right, very simple. Uh, breathe out, you know, feel your feet. Yeah. Uh, this gives you an idea of how mindfulness and attention work. To work attention. If we have yoniso manasikara, deep attention, it's attention that always refers back 
to the citta. So superficial attention just goes out into the sense fields. Oh, that's a nice, oh, look at that, that's beautiful, oh, nice, oh, pretty, oh, good, oh, terrible, it's interesting. You know, it's just scattering through the superficial appearance of things, which it can do. But in deep attention, you only saw many see colors. How does that affect me when I see that? How does that affect me? How does it affect my chitta? Is it stirred, pleased, gratified, agitated, calm, steady? Does it do me any good? You know, be selective. Yeah. And be prepared to restrain the senses, to divert the eyes, to collect oneself on one's breathing, collect oneself on one's body. You know? So you don't have to be numb and oblivious, but you turn your attention. Now this mindfulness of body, this is better than looking in the shop window. I've got to attend to something, why don't I just keep it in my body and feel the body standing here, walking along the street, move my shoulders, my hips. Yeah, that's better than just looking into the shop windows or gazing at the advertisements or so on. And I can still get where I need to go. So I'm not led by my eyes, which, as we know, there are many hooks and suckers out there for the eyes. To <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, got your eyes, sucked them in, there goes your mind, sucked right into that. Wow. Get your samadhi again. <laughs> Greed samadhi. <laughs> So you only so many sikharas says, wait a minute, no, that's gonna that's gonna get you. Just shift away from that, you know. <laughs> you know, you get to know your weak spots. You get here's the pastry store, quick, move the other way. <laughs> and so you're looking after yourself, you know. And so then the, because one with Yoni Somani Sikara, it's coupled with mindfulness, wait a minute, then that which we're able to bear in mind, the meaning of teachings given long ago, which said, be careful about the senses. <laughs> you know, it's not, not a difficult message, is it? But then doing it means you draw your attention back. And how do you withdraw from sense data? Well, you come back into perhaps just this very body is a refuge, just the feeling of standing, feeling the weight, the texture of your body as it is. And then feeling yourself stirred or agitated in the body and relaxing your hands. Oh. Jitta turning to that releases the sight or the sound or the thought. So then that's what mindfulness then gains authority over our fixations. And this is the, essentially the principle of uh, what we call bhavana. And ideally one should be doing bhavana all day long. Uh, and so we should really not be too uh, like, think, oh, that's the end of the retreat back to normal, no, 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 you do bowana, you keep doing bowana 
all day long. And this is your bhavana. Proper attention, mindfulness, restrain the senses, seek for the good. Yeah. Sitting on the in the train, you could sit there and just okay. Why don't I just do a mantra? It, uh, okay, it's better than you know looking at the newspaper or something. You, so you do bhavana. You take gain authority over where the mind is going. This is something to cultivate and to be resolute with. Mind is like a monkey. It easily slips out and it easily slides away and it's full of tricks. And so even when you're, you're sitting in meditation, you think, oh, maybe I'm safe here, sit down, and then the monkey jumps up again. It's out, you know. So it does that, then the monkey gets caught in some thought, plan. Well, maybe tomorrow, when after retreat, I was going to see this, I just need to do that, and I can figure that and put that. This is a good time when I've got some quiet to figure things out, what I'm going to be doing in next year. So that, I'll go with that. And so often, you know, in monasteries, you spend your meditation doing building projects, you see. Here. <laughs> Build that and the cootie over there would be good and we need to get the roof on. And then, no, no, I think we'll put it the other way around. I think the bigger door would be good. You know, so, so, so. What are we doing? You know? Or next year we've got to go to see Lumpur so and so, so we'll get a bus there and invite him. But we don't make sure we do it at Markapuja because there's a lot of people coming. And, uh, and then this monk is a bit of a nuisance, so I think I'll send him off someone. You know. <laughs> Because you've got some quiet time to do it, so you sit in meditation, just doing work projects. <laughs> so, what do you do? You know, when the monkey is quite, quite a good monkey. These aren't bad. These aren't evil. It's a good monkey. But still, it's a monkey. And so you say, look, monkey, you, you just put a piece of body in its paw. So the monkey's handing this business project. So well, what about your foot? What? Foot? Stick the foot in its paw. So you go, oh, foot. What's that? And so for the moment, you, you interrupt the monkey's business, which it's very adroitly doing. Say, look, here's a bit of body. Blonk. Get hold of that. Foot? I'm not interested. Okay. What about hand? Hand? No. Uh, what about breathing out? Breathing out? Breathing out is not much fun. <laughs> Just sit on it. Just sit on it. Just sit on breathing out. That was quite nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite nice. Now I've got back to my building project. <laughs> but at least at that moment you interrupted it, the flow, and you begin to see the difference between Sustained, steady something that's just steady and sustained really doesn't take any effort at all. It's just something that the body does, and you can just steadily sit on that. That's kind of pleasant. And then there's this other stuff where your mind is busy constructing things, even good things. It's kind of busy, isn't it? And agitated. And when does it ever stop? Have you noticed that? 
The planning mind thinks, I'll just sort this out and then that'll be it. I'll just sort this business out and then we'll get back to the meditation. I'll just tidy this piece up and then get back to the meditation. Let me tidy it up. Well, that was good. I got a good result there. No? It reminds me. What about that? Another piece comes in. <laughs> uh, another piece comes in. Oh, actually, I, I, I'll meditate later. I just want to go and sort this out first of all. And you get on the internet. <laughs> the internet, you sort this out. And finally, you bought something you didn't realize you needed. Because there's this <laughs> great offer came on the screen. What a great, what a lucky chance. I'll buy that. <laughs> and, oh, there's the evening gone. And there was this kind of. Oh, there was an interesting piece of news. Clicked on that, and then, oh, uh, oh, it's a bit late now. I'm going to go to bed, but tomorrow I'm going to meditate. <laughs> That's the way it goes. <laughs> so you have to be quite a, like a firm, loving parent, and say, just no, monkey. And you've got to give the monkey something it will actually get hold of, able to get hold of. So make it something a little bit sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so you add a flavor of, of metta, generally calm, gentle, encouraging. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be hard, just, yeah. And listen. Listen to the quality of it. Listen to the quality of it. And you realize that, um, <clears throat> another domain opens up because uh, sense contact often just rushes into you it just hits you yeah? and so you don't have to be very receptive as long as you've got eyes something will hit you, you know, uh, uh, uh. they give you a short jab of pleasant feeling oh, uh, which lasts momentarily and then the next thing the next thing from the eye to the ear to the thought touch, taste, and they run around the senses, hit, 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 hit. And the person who, who, who acts like that, or their mind acts like that, they become very unreceptive. Nothing's going on, they get bored. You know, I've had you know, a whole minute with nothing happening. I'm getting fed up with this. This meditation is totally boring sitting here. See, one breath after another, my goodness, I mean, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. <laughs> Something more interesting than this. I should meditate, okay. I'll get back to it, okay. All right. Meditate, breathing in, breathing out. I don't like this. Stop it, go back to the breath. Breathing in, breathing out. Well, there must be some uh, focus on your nose. Okay, get there, crunch, nose, nose, breathing in, breathing out. This isn't much fun. <clears throat> but I do it because I feel I ought to. And I feel guilty if I don't, but every now and then the monkey sneaks out. Oh, there's an interesting thought over there. <laughs> That's a lovely memory I've got over there. So you have to get very willful to try and control it. And then you control, willful controlling it to get it. And uh, then eventually you get tired. 
Uh, or you get uptight. Because yeah. you can only maintain any degree of, of steadiness when all the other sense contact is eliminating just sitting on the end of your nose. You go, oh, that's great for the end of my nose, what about the rest of me? When I get up and start walking around. So, you know, quite significantly the Buddha didn't actually indicate we should have a particular point in our body to opt to focus on. Even breathing in and out, he didn't say focus on your nose or your belly or anything, just be aware, mindful, breathing in, breathing out. So here mindfulness acts not like a, a, uh, like a thumbtack, but more like a loop. You place your mindfulness around something so that the quality of receptivity is enhanced. And so as I indicated, you have these, the mind can, has an active aspect where you can chetana, you can push it forward onto something. And we, we, that's often done through things that are exciting. Our chetana rushes onto something. Something that's terrifying, and chetana rushes onto that. Intention, the volition goes for that which is powerful, exciting, dreadful, happy, fun, miserable. It goes on to that. It either grabs it or fights it. Yeah? Uh, so that's the action of the mind. There's also the receptive. Our mind is a heart. Jitta is a heart. It feels things. So with mindfulness, we really want to operate in harmony with how the jitta is. We must remember the receptive aspect, the ability to receive. And if you, if you strengthen and enhance that, and you find that the quality of your own body, your own bodily energy, can feel very pleasant when it's calm, steady. It's not just something you have to do, it's something you rather like doing because it's got a bright, steady tone, you receive it. <clears throat> so the quality of mindfulness has a certain active aspect, you could say it's placed. There's a chetana to establish it. You place it on a suitable object. It can be a dhamma theme, an idea, but essentially it's always going to come back to meditation to a direct experience. Yeah, the chitta. A direct experience that gives rise can be the quality of that experience is pleasant. And the mind will, oh, monkey likes that. Monkey enjoys that. Monkey doesn't play with his toys. This is better. Monkey doesn't go do building projects because <laughs> it's found a better place to live. It doesn't have to build. Yeah. Oh, this is enjoyable. And this I can have with me all the time. Don't have to build anything. <coughs> so these active is the uh, upatana, so you have the sati upatana, the activeness is establishing mindfulness. It's placed, it's volitionally directed to something. Yeah? And then mindfulness 
lingers, bears in mind, it sustains attention on that. That takes a little bit of effort, just sustaining attention. The way you sustain attention is you inquire. What's this feel like? Tell me more. No, more. Tell me more. How is this affecting you? How is it? How is it? How is it? So you get your attention to be more um, acute, more receptive. Not just, yeah, it's one of those. No, what does it feel like? Feels soft, bright, rough, tingly, speedy, fast, dark, numb. Okay, we'll just. And all that by giving these small references, which is this essential quality of mindfulness, it refers that. How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? What's it like? What's it like? What's it like? Yeah. What does a hand feel like? Are you sure you've got a hand? Are you sure? What's a hand feel like? If I don't have a hand, could you tell me what they feel like? That's kind of, no, that's interesting. I never know. I don't know. <laughs> you go into it and you sense these pulses and tingles and some places feel soft, hard, cool, warm. And all this is your hand. It's quite sensitive. And you can detect the, that finger and that finger and that thumb and the knuckle is like that and the palm is like that you realize there's a whole world just in one hand that you didn't notice because you just grabbed things with it you start to use this in mindfulness where you just put a loop around an object and you begin to refer to it to get the quality this is the quality this is the action of mindfulness Mindfulness is established and it begins to act in this way of really gaining the truth of an experience, the true quality of it. And for that, of course, it has to be received. The chitta opens and receives it. Hmm? What does it receive? It receives the agreeable, it receives the soft, the cool, the hard, the felt experiences, and also receives them as transient. That which I call a hand is not a hand. It's a series of pulses and tingles and sensations and warps. I, yeah, there's no hand there. There's just a series of this flowing cascade of impressions. Oh. And that we've disengaged from the idea the mind is light open not attached not fixated sensitive to the changing nature of experience and that feels agreeable the mind sits back and that stepped back viveka it's disengaged from unskillful states and even obsessive attention and even from the way we normally conceive 
experience as me, mine, uh, her, him. Instead, directly we're sensing, oh, this is warmth, this is happiness, this is anxiety, this is a visual impression, this is a sound, this is a memory, just this cascade that we call a person. And changing, transient, shifting. And how do I relate to that? I give space, I realize I offer good heart. Because that I can rely upon. I can rely upon that. So we, we cultivate like this. And mindfulness gives rise to wisdom. Wisdom to see how things actually are and also to discern appropriate response. Now, if you focus on your breathing, for example, you, know, you may again have an idea of breathing. You know, when you go to school, I tell you, here is your lungs, little sacs inside your chest. There's your nose. That's it. Suck it in, blow it out. <laughs> and it's oxygen and carbon dioxide and so forth. That's breathing and breathing. Here's a diaphragm that pumps and pumps it. You have this memory in your head, breathing in, that's what it is. And you just, wait a minute, they didn't have those things in the time of the Buddha. They had lungs, but you can't see a lung. You can't feel a lung. You can feel a swelling and distending and slight squeezing, but you haven't got any lungs directly. You just have what? Something opening and expanding, certain qualities of pressure and release of pressure and something softly suffusing which we call breath something gently arising subtle quality that rises and, and through this and you feel the textures of your, of your body open and shift and modulate that and you feel that and that's called breathing and you recognize it oh yeah that's it and you put aside the idea, the conceived reality, and you go to the direct reality. How do you know you're breathing? Are you sure? Are you sure? What's it like? What would you tell someone who didn't know how to breathe? What would you, what would you say, what's it like? There's a kind of, something comes pouring in. It's a... Uh, it's not, it's a soft substance comes pouring in the body, swells. And then the body gently squeezes it or molds it and it, it disappears and it comes in again. This is called in and out breathing. Are you mindful of that? Do you bear that in mind? Do you study it? How the and the particular qualities of it. Is it cool? Is it soft? Long, short. And you notice as you study the qualities of it, there's a particular energy that drives it. You don't have to do it, the body does it, but there's a certain energy that pulls the breathing in. 
and that pulls it in. There's this cascade of impressions as it's drawn in, and you feel certain muscles or textures in the body start to shift and change, and then breathing out certain qualities of release, energy releases. And you feel at the end of that process, there's a certain brightness occurs because of energy. Do you notice that? Very distinct difference between breathing in and breathing out, isn't there? Breathing out, the energy is relaxing. Breathing in, it's brightening. Breathing out, it's relaxing. Breathing in, it's brightening. How does the monkey, does it like that? Can it be soothed by that? Can it get interested in that? Because this is for its welfare. If it's within that, it will begin to feel strong, bright, secure. Secure. And what the monkey needs to know is that however much it grabs hold of things, however much it grabs hold of this and that and this and that, whether it's a plum or a mango or a coconut, whatever it grabs hold of, it can't hold it for very long. <laughs> it's gone. However fast the monkey runs, grabbing plans and ideas, strategies and beliefs, doesn't last long, slips away, it's got to do some more. The monkey needs to be told this, and reminded of this. Say, look, here's something that doesn't run away from you. It doesn't run away. It's going to be there all your life. It doesn't run away. Why don't you make friends with this? tune to this for your welfare and happiness mm-hmm. bringing it back get the qualities and this is the we might say this is the one of the core uh, phenomena because it's natural you know? you don't have to believe in breathing in and breathing out <laughs> it happens yeah. You don't have to be an arahant before you can breathe in and breathe out. It happens. Doesn't matter you know, how old you are, young you are, male, female, it just keeps going. But then it's bright, soothing. And uh, so when the Buddha again gave his uh, teaching on mindfulness of breathing, he said, well, you go to a, a root of a tree Means, so just imagine that, you've got shade, you've got this support behind you, you're safe. Root of a tree, earth, grounded, strong presence, hold behind you. Shade over you, you're secure. Okay. Empty place, means nothing's going to bother me, nothing's going to jump on me, yeah. nothing I have to deal with. Make your place empty because you can sit at the root of a tree making your place not empty at all. You can sit at the root of the tree thinking about trees, thinking about which tree you like to have, which tree is a better tree than this one, <laughs> what kind of furniture you can make out of this tree, <laughs> where you can climb the tree. <laughs> you can make it not empty at all. It's empty, empty, empty. 
Now, this doesn't just mean visual space, it means psychological space. Because we can have visual space and fill it up. Empty, 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 empty. Uh, and how do you say you do that? Well, you sit. It says, sits with the legs crossed. Okay. Yeah. It's a firmer form basis. Spine with body held upright. Uju. Uju is the word upright, which means it's a word that can be used for morality. And for, so it crosses over. It means the body is uju, means it's bright, it's upright, it's uplifted. So there's a certain quality of physical upliftedness, but energetic upliftedness. You could also even mental uplifted. It, it crosses the boundaries. Ujumkayang, with an upright body, certain dignity. So this is not anatomical. We're not. Your body may have distortions in it, but you look to the energy if your body is rising. It's not oppressed, it's not constricted. You open it. Jumkayang. And uh, mindfulness is established. Parimukang, uh, which means thoroughly to the fore, thoroughly to the forefront. You primarily establish mindfulness abujitawa as abhi means completely uju again upright having established mindfulness uprightly to the fore okay. bring it up this is the, the factor that will be your guide and support place it carefully place that loop of mindfulness carefully so it will give the monkey something to hold on to that will be good for it. Otherwise, the monkey will hold on to something else. You can bet on that. <laughs> so we cultivate like this. And once you've got that principle, okay, when I stand, I put the loop around standing. When I sit, I put it around sitting. When I... Uh, lie down, I put it around lying down. When I eat, I put it around eating. When I speak, I put it around speaking. I speak things that are worthwhile, useful, skillful, helpful, just enough to do the purpose. Yeah. I, I sit just enough to do the purpose, not to make it complicated. I do breathing just to accomplish the purpose of being upright, bright, not to get complicated about it. Yeah. So a certain lightness of touch is essential. <clears throat> so this is how we, uh, how I recommend anyway, training oneself and uh, the receptive and the active. And this is the hundred percent. You say effort is hundred percent, but it's not hundred percent doing. It's a hundred percent balance. <laughs> 100% balance, which is a much more subtle kind of effort. Put aside the unnecessary, the complicated, the stressful, the dark, the doubtful, the confused. Pick up the bright, receptive, the beautiful. Receive it. 
this is right effort right effort and right mindfulness work together and from this the mind settles into samma, samadhi samma, fit, proper, appropriate, complete collectiveness and there's strength in that so if we cultivate these factors as a daily practice mindfulness then you have that, that's the reward and samadhi will give rise to clarity where you have a suitable base for deep wisdom and insight